The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to Busted Open's The Masters Class right here exclusively on the Busted Open Podcast. I have myself and, of course, the Masters of the Ring, Bully Ray, Mark Henry, Tommy Dreamer. You get this exclusively on the podcast. Drops every single Sunday. And, of course, if you like what you hear, Make sure you rate and comment. We want to hear from you. Give us a five-star rating. Also, make sure you subscribe to SiriusXM and hear Busted Open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time, three hours a day of Busted Open. Let's. I think we have a very hot topic for the Masters class today, and that is backstage heat when that drama becomes real life before our eyes. And Tommy... I know you have a great one that's perfect for backstage heat in our topic today on the Masters class. Yeah, and it's backstage heat where the guys were able to kind of then turn it into money. I mean, you always heard about heat between Andre and Big John Studd, whether Hogan was going to, you know, Andre was going to drop the match to Hogan at WrestleMania. For me, um, it was the real life scenario with me and Raven uh, when Raven had come back to ECW after. his stint in ECW, he went to WCW and then, you know, their turmoil having there, he asked for his release. He comes back to uh, ECW at fine. It was a great moment because the Dudleys were going to WWE. It's this amazing moment captured. Uh, and again, it's always talking about moments, but after that, man, me and Raven couldn't have been further, further apart as friends, as competitors. And we did not get along. There was many, many times, one, uh, and I tell you like how we both grown because he recently came to an impact taping and he was like, man, you reminded me of the guy that I used to know. And he goes, I was waiting for the rug to be pulled out to me from underneath for how nice you were. And at the time, Raven was a different person. I was a different person. Um, and I knew Raven was just there for to go to back to go to WWE. And he also left, made a boatload of money while I stayed. And I understood Paul's intentions. And Paul always played uh, both sides to everybody, which doesn't help, you know, a relationship, especially if you're supposed to be his loyal guy. But there was times where, I mean, one time I stood up and I challenged him to a fight because he was lazy in the ring and he was like not wanting to do stuff. Or, you know, we joke about it now, but like, yeah, my bump card's pretty full. And I'm out there doing all the work 
And, you know, when I was not making money, when there was a lot of financial hardship upon me and, you know, I was trying to hold that company together the best I could. And he was just not being a team player. And we really were uh, teammates that didn't work well together. Uh, we did not get along. There was another time where he like purposely like Paul's like, hey, I want to have a creative meeting. And he always goes into uh, I had a gong Japanese wrestling magazine. And the moment Paul brought him in, I literally sat there and I read the magazine the entire time. And I loudly was turning the pages just like this, because whatever they were talking about, I did not care because it was to the point of like this guy is getting underneath my skin so much like I want to fight him all the time and it was you saw it in real life uh i'm sorry you saw it on television but in real life there was we were not the tag team that got along and i felt slighted pissed off i had you know again i was owed so much money he left i was loyal and where's your loyalty back he gets put into a top spot he gets put into being with me i'm always having to put him over f that to so many times like wanting to be physical altercations and it just like you know eventually blew off but then i was just like ah screw it and then you know the rest is history the the you know he did leave the company went out of business anyway but that was a true example uh, for myself and i like to talk from experience professionally outside you know once i hit that ring i would always do business but outside i there was times i again stood up in a person's face the moment you stand up, we're fighting. And he just didn't stand up. So, Tommy, let me ask you a question. So, like, yeah. the, the basis the basis of today's master's class was backstage heat or real-life animosity, real-life heat that was able to be turned into good business in the ring. Did you have any heat or animosity with Raven before he left for WCW? No, absolutely not. You, so you understood why he left and, you, you know, just a, 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 a bigger business opportunity for him. Yes. I mean, you knew me back then, too. Like at times I did take it personal because I, you know, we all talk about, you know, uh, um, Jr. says drinking the Kool-Aid. I was injecting. it, And yes, being in ECW, I had the most to gain. I thought if I stayed, I mean, you had asked me to leave you like F. Heyman, come join us in WWE. And I was just like, now nah, I'm good. It's just, uh, that was my mindset back then, but we had no animosity, but when he came back, he was a different person. And listen, he also, you know, he's talked about, he was drinking, he had a substance problem. So he wasn't in that right mindset. And he straight up told us he's, and even Paul said, I'm signing him for a year. Cause I know he's going to WWE. So here's a guy, like I said, left, made a bigger star of himself, made more money. And here I'm back here and I have to work with someone who's going to be lazy in the ring. You know, that's when he's trying to get over the snot rag and the Mr. Wrestling number two uh, knee lift. You weren't there for all that, but he was a much different person. And so was I, but then, okay. Like it was like, I'm so loyal to you, Paul ECW. And then you're picking this guy's and also paying him more money than I was making. He had a contract. I did not. Dave, what about you? I mean, I, I know that you obviously are not as involved. Uh, well, no. you're not involved at all, like the way me, Mark, and Tommy have been. But was did anything ever happen 
in the industry that, you know, that struck you as far as real life animosity that uh, the boys or the girls were able to turn into uh, some good business? Yeah, and, bu- and Bully, this is like, to me, this is like a custom-made topic for the Masters class because obviously Tommy, you, and Mark are going to be more involved and understand it because you're working in it. And I think, Bully, your story is going to be a perfect example of that. But as a fan, it's it's going to be Lita, Edge, and Matt Hardy, you know, where, you know, what was happening in the personal life got to be played out on TV. And it was, you know, Matt Hardy and Lita being in a relationship, you know, Edge breaking that that friendship vow and and having a relationship with Lita behind Matt Hardy's back. Um, Matt Hardy being let go from the company. And then Matt Hardy using a new show that was fan interactive to interact with the WWE to get his point across to get rehired back by the WWE and have that played out a real life scenario on TV. It was, it was pretty crazy the way that that whole thing played out is completely unique. And guys, I don't think that would ever happen today. Somebody that was let go. It would, it would almost be like, think about it. Like one of our, one of us being let go by Sirius XM. I'll use myself as an example. You know, I'd be let go by Sirius XM for whatever reason. And then me calling into the show and trying to get on the air to voice my displeasure of being let go by Sirius XM. In a way, that's exactly what happened in the WWE at the time. Damn. Uh, and Dave, I was there for it. I know Mark was too. But when you talk again about professionals and I think a lot of this too with the master's class is how you learn as individuals and then grow. Because like I said, man, I was a much different person then as I am now. And you learn and grow from your mistakes, but like edge and Matt Hardy fought for real in the back. And then they went out there and they wrestled and entertained in front of the fans. And that is a whole other level of professionalism and like, both guys are married with kids and like you look at it and like, you know, they're friends, but it's like, what the hell were we fighting for? But, and also back then, if you want to talk about historic, that was a lot of social media really rearing its head of how you can change some sort of narrative. Yeah. And also, oh, God. There was a, you, you mentioned earlier about uh, Andre and big John stood like Andre had, had heat with bad news Brown too. And, and, uh, and got into it. And uh, I mean, so, I mean, it goes back and I'm sure that it went back before then there's always been this internal heat. But I would think, and I would figure that has to happen a lot, right? You're doing something that's extremely physical. You guys are traveling around together as a group constantly. So you're, you're constantly at some point, like if me and Bully get 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 into it somehow on air, you know what? The show's over. We walk away, and then you know we get we're able to do the show the next day. But when you're traveling and you're out, and then you're doing something that's physical in nature in the ring, you know it, it it's got to be like the word I think is the key word, Tommy. What you said, professional, be professionalism. Because there could have been a lot of liberties taken in that scenario with Edge and Matt being in the ring together, right? 
Dave, yeah. there's like a hundred times. I mean, well, not a hundred times. There's probably 20, 30 times that I know of in the 28 years of me being in the business where people physically got into it. I mean, punches thrown, wrestling down to the ground, trying to, I'm talking about with elite people like Kurt Angle and Eddie Guerrero and the, the list goes on. Like, I mean, you would not think that something happened and what it, whatever it was about was between them and whatever happened that's the stuff that people don't know about, like that that's their stories to tell. But the ones that we we're talking about here, uh, it, it, it translated back into the business and how it was able to become something where you made money on air. And, 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 and that's exactly what happened with Matt, Edge, and Lita. But I also think it probably took an emotional toll. I mean, you know, I think Lita's been public that it took an emotional toll on her. Here's a, a real-life situation that is awkward. And, and listen, guys, it's, it's real life. Situations like that are going to happen. Relationships break up. New relationships start. You know, people have a change of heart. But I'm sure Lita was very awkward, uncomfortable for Lita because a real life situation is now public. So it's the ultimate professionalism and, and, and bully, like we're going to get into one with you and I'm going to kind of make it the main event. Cause I think your situation's the, the one that you have is the ultimate scenario of what we're talking about. But, but Mark for you again, backstage heat, real life drama, what's yours, man. I, mine is hypothetical. What could have happened and what should have happened. Okay. So hypothetically, uh, well, the, the, the true to life story is Bill Goldberg and Matt Riddle uh, got into it verbally and like it was going to go to blows. It's, it's, it, it, fortunate enough, it, it got broke up and it never happened. But being there and talking to the guys going, hey, squash it, let it go. It's not worth it. You know, that kind of thing, being the, the calming force around that that deal um it it could have went awfully wrong and what should have happened is because it never really got physical then you could have used it and you could have put those two guys against each other in the ring because everybody knew this was not at a wwe event this is at a UFC event and the world got to see it by social media. And I would have booked them two guys against each other and we'd have made a lot of money. And but the fans, it never, the fans it never happened. It. And it's not too late. It's not too late. You, they got the footage. They have the footage. You can go in now. Bill is not working at every time schedule. And you can put him and Riddle together today and, and, and say, you know what, man? Like, this shit is just not going away. Like, I keep thinking about it. And, it, and, and I, I mean, I, I want to fight it out. Like, the only way that it's going to get solved is if we go toe-to-toe. Mark, in the same vein, would you do Riddle and Goldberg or Brock and Riddle? 
I think Brock goes, and Riddle don't get along either. Yeah, but I, I think it, it would the Goldberg one is the one that really blew up the most that everybody saw happen. Okay. You know, the, the Brock and Riddle was, um, you know, they work together. They, they're in the same buildings. They're on the same pay-per-views. And, and the shit is gone. But I still don't think that Bill Goldberg and Riddle have spoken since. I'll pay money to see it. Dave, my our generation is a lot different. Like uh, we've been in, you got to think if you're going to, you have heat with somebody, if you also have to wrestle them or if you have to fight them, if you know, like I could physically take this person, but then you got to watch like straight up weapons like this is a volatile this is the volatile locker rooms i've been in um do they have razor blades taped to their fingers and yeah you'll be able to beat the shit out of them but they cut your eye or they cut up your whole face and there's been tons of stuff like that uh that has happened and hey, look at new jack well guess what guys stop right there <laughs> because tommy you just brought something up and mark you just said what you said Here's a story that I've never told before. One night in the ECW arena, New Jack throws in his, uh, his, his garbage can full of toys. What, what he didn't know is we were ribbing him. And th th listen, we had worked at Jack so many times. We put a dildo in the, in the garbage can. So he throws it in and it just happens to be there. And I got him on the corner and I'm beating him in the corner. And I take the dildo and I hit him with it. You know, it's a big old floppy one, right? And Jack starts laughing, but he gets mad and he reaches into his boot. He pulls out a blade and he puts the blade on my neck. And he said, Bubba, I will cut you. And he's laughing as he's saying it. And I'm laughing too. But what he was saying, well, you know, he was Stop. carrying a blade, just like Sabu used to carry a 10 inch nail in his boot that if you try to shoot on him, he'd stick the nail in your jugular. Jeez. How's that? Damn. Uh, Bully, I think I know where you're going to go because there's professionalism and there's probably only so far people will go when you hear that word professionalism because sometimes some things are so real and there is a line and I feel like, Bully, that's where you're going to go with your real life drama it goes beyond just backstage heat uh yeah the real life drama and backstage heat example that i have that i'm going to bring to the table which i saw unfold in front of me takes the edge matt hardy lita situation to the next level edge matt hardy lita we're talking boyfriends and girlfriends my example jeff jarrett kurt angle karen jarrett at the time, Karen Angle. Marriage, Kurt Angle married to Karen Angle at the time. Everybody's working together. Obviously, Jeff Jarrett and Karen started to talk on the side, have a relationship on the side. The shit really hit the fan once uh, their relationship was exposed and everybody found out about it. So now if you're in Kurt Angle's shoes, here it is that the mother of your children is, you know, hanging out with another man, you know, another man for whatever reason. I'm not pointing the finger of blame. I'm not saying right or wrong. It happened. 
Okay. And this happens in life every single day, but in the wrestling business, it's very unique because of the topic that we're talking about. So imagine Dave, um, you don't exactly get along with your ex-wife, your second ex-wife, right? Well, yeah, but but I just want because I just want to throw this out there because a lot of times on the masters class or just on our daily show, a lot of times pro wrestling is compared to the mafia, right? I mean, I've heard yes, those. That's what I compare it to. Yeah, you can. So if this happened in the mafia, somebody what would whacked. Ha- somebody would get whacked. Yeah. Yes. Everybody might have gotten whacked. Yeah, and maybe. The Kurt Angle could have whacked everybody with his bare hands if he wanted to. But my example is going to be, Dave, imagine that you had to work with your ex-wife every single day. You, you've talked about it on, on the show. You and your, your ex-wife don't exactly get along. It would be a struggle. You'd have to show the utmost professionalism and the utmost maturity to be able to coexist in a working environment with your ex-wife, right? Uh, yeah, and it would take an emotional toll on me as well having to do that. So think about Kurt, Jeff, and Karen taking their very real-life story in which there was a marriage that fell apart, a brand-new marriage that was put together, children involved, Kurt and Karen's children, Jeff's children, um, everything that happened in real life that would probably send people running for the hills, never wanting to talk to each other again. And somehow, some way, they were able to sit down and get in a room and realize, and this is very old school mentality here, we can make money with this. If we can all put our emotions, our feelings, and our egos in check, we can probably pop a rating, a buy rate, make some money, do some business here. And they did. And I, you know, I think that speaks volumes to a level of maturity and professionalism. If Kurt Angle wanted to, at any given moment, he could have made life very, very difficult for Jeff Jarrett in the ring. Kurt Angle, Olympic gold medalist. I know what it's like to be hooked by Kurt Angle. Tommy does, and Mark does too. And the strongest man in the world will tell you when Olympic gold medalist grabs you, if he doesn't want you to get away, you're not getting away. Yeah, Mark might have been able to lift him up off the ground and slam him to the ground, but he's not getting out of whatever hold Kurt puts you in or whatever whatever it is. Kurt knows what he's doing. I told you what happened with me and Kurt. Yeah. Like, we sat down and was talked about it. Like, Mark, you, you can't hold me. Nobody can hold me. Nobody can, nobody on the planet can hold me. Kurt, I'm, I'm pretty damn strong. Like, I can hold you. <laughs> no, Mark, you can't. And we hey, got hey. on the ground and, and in front of a bunch of the guys. And that son of a bitch rocked one way, turned another way, and was standing in front of me like this. And I was like, fuck, did you do that? It, was, it looked like a magic trick. I'm talking about David Copperfield. David Blaine, name somebody. It was fucking magic, man. Like that dude could kill you with his hands. There's nothing you could do about it. Dave, one day we were all sparring in the ring at like four or five o'clock WWE and Kurt was in there rolling with all the boys. And I, I could I could never go in there and hang. I just said, hey, what the hell? I'll try. So we're just screwing around. 
when Kurt eventually got behind me and he spun on top of me and he put all of his weight on, I could have swore that a 500 pound piece of cement was lowered down on top of me. That's how heavy he could make himself. We're taught mm -hmm. to make ourselves light. He was able to sprawl and make himself feel like dreamer after Thanksgiving dinner. That's how heavy Kurt Angle felt. It's amazing yeah. what he do. The thing is, I watched Kurt Angle be in the ring with Jeff Jarrett, knowing that at any moment, if Kurt snapped or decided to go into business for himself or decided, you know what, screw this. I might have made, I might have made an agreement to do business, but I'm going to let this son of a bitch know that any given moment I could take him out. And Kurt maintained all levels of professionalism. They all did. I, a and that always sat with me. A couple of things. Number one, it's I, if I was Jeff Jarrett, I would be a little afraid because as every, every one of us knows, your emotions at some point could take over. Kurt Angle could be as professional as he wants to be, but then he's in a physical confrontation with Jeff Jarrett in the ring, and then emotions could just take over in an instant where it's like, fuck, and then snap. Like, I mean, right? I mean, that could happen. And imagine if they're in the ring and Jeff, fires off a live round that connects. Yeah, or a, 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 a elbow or something. Oh, oh I, I, I couldn't Man, even imagine. That, that, I couldn't that even could imagine. That could very horrible. Hey, so I would when, say, when, uh, when this topic came this, up... Go ahead, Tommy. Let's say a lot of all of this, the most famous backstage heat that made the most money was Brett and Sean. And then when you also talk about professionalism, uh, I love that documentary. And then they were going to talk and then Brett goes, whatever you have to say, let's say it in the ring. And that's consummate professionals that went out there. And, you know, then I always say, like, as wrestling fans and wrestlers, we need closure. And it was that closure right there with that hug. And then you think about all the stuff that happened to their careers, as well as, like, Brett had said something so profound. He was like, me and Sean could have literally wrestled every WrestleMania once a year for the next how many years if we were just different people. And I think the best part about all this is like, we're all different and better people. So it's a great, and by discussion. the way, Dave, just to close uh, the, the Kurt, Karen, Jeff story does have a happy ending. K Kurt is now with his wife, Giovanna. They have beautiful children, Karen and Jeff, are very happy. They have their own, they have their children. All the children get along. Everybody coexists. So that's, that's right. the, that's the happy ending on that story. Yeah. And, and a lot of them do. Again, uh, Backstage Heat. Tell us what you think. We want to hear from you. Comment and give us a five-star rating, please. And tell your friends to subscribe. And as I always say, listen to us Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time on Sirius XM Fight Nation, Channel 156. For myself, Bully, Mark, and Tommy, we'll talk to you next week right here on Busted Opens, the Masters Class. Busted Open is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, Please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.